0: We're standing in days where the Bible says, in that day of power, my people will volunteer. Just like this nation has volunteered their time, their talent, their treasure. Lord, in this day, this day, this day is about your church arising and being mobilized and empowered. The church knowing its calling. And seeing the harvest. And in that day, Lord, the Bible says... People will volunteer. I heard a story of solicitors and lawyers giving their new suits... To the fire victims so that they could be buried... In a a noble way. Lawyers... (laughs) And solicitor's suits, how much are they worth? I would guess more than probably than what we probably would care to think. But in that day of power, Lord, your people will volunteer. I believe I'm standing on 11 acres of land for a reason. I believe that the Lord has given this church a vision And this morning, Lord, I want to help people see the vision of the harvest. Just like people saw the vision of catastrophe in Victoria and gave their time, their talent, their treasure. This morning, Lord, I pray the scales would fall off people's eyes and that they would see the great commission, the great commandment, but that they would see the harvest. Guys, it's not four months more. The harvest is right now. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Help me right now pray to ask the Lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. Father, we're standing and believing that this church will be a significant, impacting, influential church. Do you not say four months more than the harvest? Jesus said, I tell you, Open your eyes and look at the fields. Look at the fields. Look at the crisis of humanity separated from God. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life. So that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. I believe all the church, the 200 years of church on this nation, those older ladies on the organ, the old preachers preaching about the blood of Christ, the little gatherings in the country, the bigger gatherings in in the church steeple, churches in Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane, and all through the generations of this wonderful nation, the gospel has been planted. And I believe the last days church will reap a harvest. Who believes that with me? I believe, just like Garth Ball, the chaplain of Wyom Christian School, went into Wyom Christian School in the chapel service and announced to those precious lives the challenge, the invitation the salvation. And 20 years, young souls were saved in a Christian school Garth I don't presume that you had you were the total equation of that but I believe that there's prayers that have happened that have gone down in this region in Wyom in Tugra, and the surrounding areas someone had sown someone had watered and then on a particular day God makes it grow Father, we want to harvest. We want to be fruitful. I know you're faithful. I know you're faithful. But Lord, we want to be fruitful. And the saints say, now just say this, Lord, awaken me. Shake me. me. Awaken me. 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 Lord, I'm frustrated. I'm not sure of my calling. I'm not sure what I should engage in, the vision my spiritual destiny. Help me right now. Anoint me right now. Open my eyes of my heart. Open the ears of my heart. And let me hear and see what you want me to do in the here and now. And the saints say, Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Give Him a praise hand. You can take a seat when you want. God bless you. Give him more of a praise if you can. Give him some praise, real praise. Come on, make a noise. Make a noise. Yeah. Well, I'm going to reiterate a couple of things, and God bless you visitors, and people are still turning up in the service, my God. I believe we'll be doing church uh, now where we're going to see just things out of the box. People just turning up. All of a sudden, it's 11 o'clock. They're in their home. They thought they were wanting to go to church, but something held them back. Then all of a sudden, no, I'm going. Nothing's going to stop me, Joe. Nothing's going to stop me getting to the house. And their husband or their wife's going to say, where are you going? I'm going to church. I'm going to church. I don't know what it is, but it's nearly over. Where are you going? No, I'm going. I'm going to test these waters. If it's all right, I'll come back for you. And we're going to see people, men and women, coming into the house. Young people are coming into the house. Tonight, Six o'clock, tonight's service, we're going to see young people en masse coming into this house. That's when they really come out, young people, because they hear a sound, a distinct sound about their calling, about their destiny. The Bible says in Corinthians, there's a distinct sound that resonates in your heart. A sound went out across the nation this week about a situation, a crisis, and people said, I hear the sound, and they gave to it. $90 million this nation have given to that worthy cause. Unless it resonates in your heart, you don't commit, you don't give, you dwell carelessly. Without vision, the Bible says in Proverbs, without vision, you perish. You want to come to church, you want to come and do great stuff and abide in the house and listen and do and preach, but there's so much more to it than that. You got to have vision. Why do you go to church? It, it, this would be a ridiculous proposition, uh, Brett. If someone said to you, "Why do you go to church?" Oh, I go there for about uh, two hours. Uh, yeah, okay, what do you do? What do you do? Oh, well, you know, I do a couple of things, but uh, I end up, you know, praising God, worshiping God, and, and listening to someone preach, and, and, and that's it. You mean that's it? That's all you do? And, and I, I think if you can't expand on that, if that. If you can't say to that unsaved person, that person has no idea why we come to church and, and they're not coming to church. If you can't say, no, I go to church to acknowledge God, to celebrate all the great stuff that he does during the week. That's why we praise him. If you, we're realizing why we were getting very exuberant and we were celebrating all that God was doing this week. I was celebrating $90 million at this nation showing true colors. The true colors of this nation were shown this week. Sympathy, compassion, and they gave from their heart, from their pocket, and I'm celebrating because I know this nation can do it spiritually. They can come to church and engage in the Great Commission and in the crisis called humanity, separated from God. And I believe they will give as generously as that. There will be corporations, businesses, That say, my God, I realize what you're trying to do. I actually see the vision. I see beyond you saying you want to praise God, that you want to know more about the Bible, that you just want to come to a church. No, you're actually reaching out and trying to win souls unto a good life, a God life, reconcile the sick, reconcile the anguished reconcile the despondent in life. Oh, is that what you're doing now, Brett? Oh, I can get a handle on that. Hey, look, I've got a hundred bucks. A lady said to someone in our church, look, I don't go to church, but hey, I've got a special hundred in my book. Opens the book. This is an older lady. hundred dollars is a lot to her. She said, take it to church. Give it to the building fund. Oh, okay. She realized the worthy cause that it was. And until we can tell the population, your friends and family and your workmates, why you come to church, and the why is the vision. The vision. Without vision, you perish. Another version says you dwell carelessly. You amble into church. You just amble in and go, yeah, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do, I guess. But you're not sharp, you're not smart, you're not ready to give, you're not ready to praise, you're not on the front foot to worship God, to love God. But you're here, but you're not here. Who knows people, someone, even yourself, when you're there and you're not there? Uh, Husbands get challenged all the time. You're not listening to me. You're not there. Wake up! (laughs) You know, they were playing golf or Fishing or fixing their car or standing at their beautiful barbecue unit. And, uh, and God is saying, Are you there? Are you there? Are you awake to the calamity, to the crisis of the situation at hand? I'm going to have to crunch some stuff. I can see that. I've got some great scripture, great scripture. I want to get it through to you. And uh, let me give you this one first and I'll consolidate some of the stuff. So this message is called Knowing Your Calling, Being an Achiever slash Vision for the Harvest. You, I love that guy, the guy in the pie shop. I still see him on the news. And he's there, simple guy, simple Aussie guy, man of few words, and they've got him now. The TV crew are saying, hey, we hear what you're doing. This is your pie shop. You usually close down during the day. And, but we've heard you've been going 24-7, making pies for all the victims and all the helpers. What is it? What are you doing? He said, you're kidding? This is all I can do. I'm a, I'm a baker. I've got a pie shop. And, this is, and, he's, and he was nearly going to break down and cry. He did really well to control himself. He said, this is the least I can do. Every order I get, I double it and I send it out and I'm just constantly doing that. I love that. The solicitors and the lawyers in Sydney, what can we do? Oh, we've got all these fancy suits. Let's send them all down there, and they can bury the dead in dignity in suits. This is a miraculous thing. Aussies will come unto community, but they won't come unto church called community if it's a vague, haphazard sort of religious affair. We're very serious about doing church. In this month of February, I'm supposed to be preaching on vision like every other good church does. Some churches don't. They just let you come and just let you walk away and live your life. I believe that you are a resource, that you've been sent from heaven, each and every one of you. You are talented. You are gifted. You are born for a purpose for such a time as this. You are designed to handle everything that's happening on the planet, including the economy. And every obstacle that you face, you have the power and in Christ. That is, if you're in Christ, a lot of people, do you know what? A lot of people aren't handling life. The last time they saw the guy that threw, him off the, threw himself off the jetty, the wharf down in Sydney, was he was pacing, talking to himself. Talking to a grown-up father, man, unraveled now with a crisis, no job doesn't know what to do, doesn't know how to be a provider. And people walking by him. Check him out. People throwing themselves off the bridge, Mooney Mooney Bridge, a couple of months ago. Father just stops the car. Let's be honest. Let me be brutally honest with you. This is the news. I mean, the news is brutally honest with you. Let me be brutally honest with you and give you vision why you've connected with God in the first place, if you're a Christian. And now, you need to enroll into the army of the Lord. You need to subscribe and volunteer your time, your talent, your efforts. I said last week, if we were to ask, who knows their calling, probably 10% of the church would put their hand up. Then if we said, who's walking in their calling, only 1% of the hands would be left up. Not in this church, that's right. (laughs) To be honest... We've got an extraordinary amount of people volunteering. But still, we've got people doing too much. I've got one of my key guys down this morning, a guy called Frank Flannery, one of the original pioneers of this church, who does multi, mul- multiple tasks in the life of the church, getting a bit better as of this year. We've said to him to lay certain things down, but probably still does way too much. Still waiting, We're still waiting on men to enroll, to subscribe to the house of God, to give to help do what needs to be done. Imagine, I mean, this is the body of Christ. You are the parts of the body. This represents the body of Christ. Jesus, the head, that's what the Bible says, this is the body. Imagine if I was shut down, my body, how functional would I be if I was only 1% functional? And and now, you know, I'm just standing there just with maybe one eye open. And God, come up to me, you're a visitor in the house. I'm going to try and welcome you into the house. I'm the body of Christ, but there's only 1%, unfortunately, operating. I'd like to really give you a handshake. I'd like to lead you. I'd like to bless you, make you a cup of coffee. I'd like to ask you a few questions. But look, my body's not totally compliant. Actually, I'm shut down to about 1%. Can I just say that it could represent something like maybe... I'll just leave my one eye open because that's probably the 1%. Everything is is reneging on this whole deal. It, it doesn't believe in me, what I can do in life. It will not help me work my life through life. It, it won't mobilize me to to engage life. But but hang on, I've got one eye and I'm standing at the door, and here comes a visitor, and uh, and I can't shake your hand, buddy. I'm sorry, I just got one percent happening here. Yeah, how you doing, mate? We're on fire. Oh, this is, welcome to C3 Tugra, the vibrant, energetic church, full of love. I can't talk. I'll have something like a a little thing, and I'll I'll just say, take that card out, and, and it'll be something like, it'll be like a little card, maybe. I might even have it in my ear like that. No, but, yeah, just, 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 just take that, buddy, and just read that. I really mean it. Really do. <laughs> uh, and and you know when you came into this church there was hands, there was love, there was there's coffee brewing, there's music, there's the thank you for the cleaners that drove through. I don't believe it, but when I came down here yesterday and it was that deep, there was a car on site that drove through that were cleaning this, and great advertisement for that car, by the way, uh, Mazda, that was a brand-new Mazda, too, quite a nice, prestigious model, uh, actually made, they were here cleaning the place. Uh, and so it's about the body of Christ really getting connected with each other, being a community like the nation has this year, this week, and, and and sounding one voice we care we sympathize we 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 understand and then with one clarion clear call voice we can tell visitors and Aussies that we do genuinely care and love and 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 bless them without all the parts without all the parts of expression Coming at the people, it's very hard to be a Frankenstein type arrangement, you know, of, 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 of trying to be the church. But I would say in this house, Jules, man, we probably got about 40, 50% of the people that are walking in their calling and, uh, but there's, look at Paul and Carolyn, one, not even a year old in the Lord. They're, they're doing two, three roles, volunteering in the house. The, the, can I just be, what are you talking about, Phil? What's he talking about? I'm talking about you're born again, connected to God, for the Great Commission, to save souls, to save souls through a church, a vision, We download from God. We hear from God. Yes, Lord. Ah, 11 acres. Okay, what do you want us to do? Build a large auditorium, 36 cubits long. (laughs) Cover it with tar. (laughs) Gather two of every species. (laughs) I'm just having fun. Husband and wife and children, bring them. What's what we're going to see in the last days? Whole families. They're going to feel the rain, see the rain. Feel the times, see the times. They're going to go, hey, those kooks down the road, C3 Tugger, we hear them on Sunday sometimes. Hey, we better get down there. Not with rotten tomatoes and cursing and cussing. We better get down there, see if we can get in. See if we can get in, into the kingdom, into salvation. Amen? Because they used to throw rotten tomatoes at Noah, Ah, you cook. there's never even rain, man, there's no water around here, ah, you, you and your sons, you're mad, but one day we will be vindicated, and already we are, already we are as we're seeing the life of Christ break out in this church. Nothing compares to what I'm going to do, Isaiah 43 verse 19, I can see you want a scripture, okay, I'll give it to you. This is what you need to understand. Let me say this, that you have a calling. Your calling then needs to submit to a vision. Your time, your talent, your talent, your skill, your ability needs to submit and be obedient to the body of Christ. If my arm said, I don't want to be an arm. I'm not an arm. I'm not going to do that. Ah, Someone else can do that. I want to be the leg. I want to run with the gospel. I want to be the head. I want to make decisions. I don't want to be the posterior. But there's a lot of humbling in this thing. There's a lot of humbling in this thing. And so your calling, your giftedness, submitting to the vision is now outworked into the community. we got someone here today at the back row. I won't embarrass him, but he said, I can drive a bus. You want me to drive a bus? I'll come to church. If, if that's what pleases God, if that's what pleases you, and if that's what make this thing happen, I will come. So we got a guy, a man, who, let's be honest, didn't see the value in coming to church much, but he said, well, if that, if that can make this more of a complete picture, if this can, you know, help this church do what it's gotta do, bless all the children that went down to kids' church, 30, 40 kids, if that can do that, I will help. And so the man, Man child, he says, I can do that. I've got the license, I've got the hands, I've got the ability, I'll do that. And he's in the house right now. We won't embarrass him. Give him a hand, everyone. Come on, (laughs) Zaya. Wrote, Isaiah 43 19. Nothing compares to what I'm going to do prophetically. I want to say to you for 09, you're sitting here at the start of 09, and I, I want your 08 to be completely better than 08. I want your life in 09 right now to be, to be able to be reconciled, aligned to the vision in God. It might not be in this church. It might be in the church down the road where they've got another vision. And can I be honest with you, brutally honest, if they don't have vision, you're dwelling carelessly. Without vision, you dwell carelessly. Hit and miss, oh, it's raining today, won't go to church. Oh, the economy's going south. I won't give to God. See, without vision, our commitment, our discipline, all goes out the window. You look at an athlete. He's committed to the Olympics. He doesn't care if it's raining. Matt, did you swim? You were going for the Olympics, buddy. I know you were. Look at the shoulders on this guy. We did, and you're getting married shortly. Give him a hand, these guys. They're getting married this coming week. But buddy, when it rained, you were, you were every morning, I know you swam Ks after Ks. If it was raining, did you still swim? if it was windy, did you still swim? If the economy was going south, did you still swim? What if you got a bad haircut during the week and you just weren't happy about the haircut? Would you still swim in that week? With a cap on, see? With a cap on. Amen? Because he's committed. He's got vision. And because his mum made him go too. (laughs) Amen. Nothing compares to what I'm going to do with you, says the Lord. Behold, I'm going to do a brand new thing with you personally. Point to yourself right there. With you personally. See, I've already begun to do it. Don't you see it? I want you to open your eyes a little bit. Get a little bit animated. Go like that. See it. Just do this for me. Lord, take the scales off my eyes. Take the veils off my mind. Bible says when you look at God with an unveiled face and heart, you will be transformed in God. Bible says when you hide behind guises and disguises, on the road to Damascus, Paul was demasked. Damascus, you like that? See, see, see that. And, and so he had a full blown encounter with God. He was demasked of a Pharisaical attitude. He was. De- Paul, why are you persecuting me? Thus says the Lord. Whoa, he hits the dust. He's blinded, but he comes up absolutely sweet with God, absolutely in touch and in intimacy. Intimacy is about being brutally honest with God, and that's what happened with Paul. 2 Peter 1.10 is another scripture I must give you. We need to embrace, get your notebooks out. I'm going to throw some couple of things at you. I haven't got too much longer either, 14 minutes, okay. We need to embrace God's vision for the church. He is calling you. Say this, he's calling me. He's calling me. Now go like this just to give it some a little bit more genuine, uh, you know, dramatizing of the notion. Lord, you're calling me. You're calling me to, to understand what I'm here for, what I'm born for, what I'm, what I'm born again for, speak to me now. 2 Peter 1.10 says, Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. People that are saved, make your calling. People that have got callings, make it sure, your election. If you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter was understanding this, that your calling is where your identity, write that down, your identity, your security, your purpose, and your destiny. Joe, understand this, that when you understand your calling and your significance in the kingdom and in the life of the church, all of a sudden, even for your people, even for you men and women that are despondent in life, that don't feel like you're pretty enough, handsome enough, smart enough. That all subsides when you come into the life of the church and God empowers you. Did you preach a message on power on Friday night? Was it good, guys? Without power, you cannot walk this stuff out. You need power to pick yourself up off the ground and walk it into the kingdom of God. Then, as you press against the kingdom, you become defined. If I was to push against that, And maybe, Garth, if you were to push against that and take off your shirt, we would see this extraordinary (laughs) biceps, triceps, deltoids, trapezes, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a biological person, but we would see a definition of a man who pumps iron three hours a day, at least three hours a day, And of course, he is defined in the life of the church. Why do people go to the gym? Get definition. Get their posture back. Get their smile back. Definition. What happens when you get sloppy? You lose your countenance. You lose your posture. Looking down, can't present, represent, represent Christ. Can't present, present, represent, represent Christ. Because you're just not quite happy with your lot in life. This is the best I can do. Look, I know Jesus, but if he could do for me what he did for my friend, I, I would go public too for Jesus. But God says in the power, he said don't move, in the book of Acts, he said don't move, don't do anything, disciples, until you receive Acts one eight verse 8, power from on high, which is not just about the power of speaking in tongues, Pentecostal error there. It's about the power and the ability to lift your head up, see the harvest, see the vision, see Christ, understand who God is, understand who you are, and understand the world you live in, and with power of mind power of spirit, power of faith, power of life in you, you begin to walk out your extraordinary life. Each and every one of you have been sent on purpose, created, designed by the masterly hand of God the Creator to be here right now. I'm sorry, I'm sorry about the circumstance of your life waking up on the wrong side of the crib or falling out on the wrong side of the crib and being dealt with by society and peer peers in your life, even others in your life, and to the point where you've become mangled spiritually, emotionally, even physically. But I declare that Christ can give you life to overcome those hurdles. They picked up a guy in Los Angeles who was weaving all over the road. He was in a vintage car. They pulled him over the Los Angeles police force. And they found on his car... 18 rear view mirrors. He was constantly looking in the rear view mirror, trying to, and he was literally all over the shop. 18 rear view mirrors on this vintage car. If you constantly look back on your life, constantly look back on your defeats and your wretched life, that God can heal you, I'm not downgrading that. But if you're constantly looking, you can't get your life to engage the fullness of his promises, his vision, and us doing all that we want to do in this church. And some people, there's three types of people. Some people make things happen. Some people just watch things happen. And there's another type of people that things have happened, they go, what happened? Did did, uh, 20 people get saved, when was that? Uh, What happened, Uh, Pastor Phil, what did you tell me? Uh, Two weeks ago, 20 people saved in in the Christian school. Uh, another seven last Sunday night. Seven people here. Uh, hang on, you, tell me again. And, and see when you when you're navel gazing and when you're looking back on yourself and you're not seeing the vision of the church, you can't see in the now and now. I need a scripture for that. One Corinthians fourteen says, even the case of lifeless things that make sounds, such as a flute or harp, will will how will anyone know? What tune is being played unless there is a distinct sound? Prophetically, I want to say there's a distinct sound being sounded across the globe to your calling. you got to hear it, guys. Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? A distinct sound giving definition for living. When you are pressed up against the Great Commission, when you're pressed up against the vision, when you're pressed up against the vision, when you're pressed up against the vision vision of souls. What's our, what's our vision this year? Souls. Uh, 250 souls. That's our vision. We've got 48 so far. Who's with us? Who, do I see any hands? Going once, going twice. Do I see any hands for 250? Do I see 200? Let's start at 100. Do I see any hands for 100? 100, 100, 150. Do I see any hands for 150? 150, 190, 190. Do I see any hands? Yes, thank you. Lad. Do I see any? Yes, Jake, I got you. 200, 200. Who's got, we broke 190. We, we we signed off 190 last year. Who's believing for 200? 200. Can I see hands for 200? Uh, that's great. 210, 210. Do I see hands for 210? 220, 220. Yes, I see that hand there. Uh, 230, 230. Yes, I see see that hand, 240, 240, who's who's with me, I'm running out of hands, 250, who's with me for 250 souls, yeah, come on, oh, I had more than I thought, that's, whoa, Peter knew his calling, identity, security, purpose, and destiny, don't miss your calling, you'll miss God, your life is in the vision, friend, you got saved, that's fantastic, seven people got saved here, and Garth, brilliant, One got saved in the car park uh, down at Macca's or something. Great young guy too. Not just a flippant uh, decision, but he'd been here a couple of times. You've had coffee with him. Seed was planted. He just came in at the end of the service. See, again, at the end of the service. God's doing a new thing. God's doing things out of the box. Now, you 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 should start at the start, And then hear the preacher, and then you come to the altar, that's he. No, you don't. God's doing everything. He's a paradox. He's a a wonder. He does things inside and out. And the guy gets saved in the car park. Good young son. One of the key emphasis of the church is vision. It compels us to serve. Why are we compelled? Why do we have this glean in our eye? Why, when we wake up in the morning, it's raining, it's windy? And, and, and are we going to do baptisms? Of course we're going to do baptisms. I saw someone on the news. What was that concert? They're young people. The big day out. No, it was only just lately, yesterday. Good vibrations. And they asked one of the band members out of the album I got for Christmas, the, uh, the duo, the presets, the guy out of the presets, I'm sorry, baby boomers, you don't know these guys. The presets was asked, wow, the weather was a bit off. Uh, did, you, did you think it was going to happen? He said, the weather doesn't matter when you got this stuff happening. The weather, we didn't even notice the weather. They were enjoying and loving life. And the baptisms yesterday was all about that, just enjoying the moment of being able to enjoy uh, let me give this, because some people weren't here. Vision is the source and hope of life. The greatest gift ever given to mankind is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. Sight is a function of the eyes. Vision is a function of the heart. Guys, get your heart open to the, to the cause. To the One key thing you will stand accountable to God for is the amount of spiritual, spiritual impact that you made. One thing that you will take to heaven is the souls of men and women and kids, all people that you have impacted on. All your money is accounted to that. All your money that allows Garth as a chapel chaplain to go into the wild Christian, that allows the two missionaries in Thailand that we support, that allows Julie and I to do what we did, and all the souls that we get saved is accredited to your account, to the people that give to this house. That is yours. You should be confident. If your church has no fruit, I wouldn't be given to it. I'm a wise investor of my time, my talent, my treasure. But I can say this year we've had 48 souls saved. How many has your church saved? Give it up for Jesus right there. So it's not wishful thinking. I'm nearly done. 09 theme for this year is faithfulness equals fruitfulness. We're going to get a banner. It's our goal. It's our vision. Uh, Numbers 12, 7 says, for this, is, for this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful. Faithful. And again, Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Now therefore that the Lord your God is God, he is a faithful God, faithful. A lot of you good people are faithful. Uh, Matthew 25, 21, his master replied, Well done and good and faithful servant. You have, been, you have been faithful with a few things. You've been faithful with your handshake. You've been faithful with your smile. You've been faithful with your cup of sugar. You've been faithful with your tithe, with your offerings. You've been faithful. You've been faithful. Now I'll put you in charge of many things. I'll put you in charge of a ministry, a calling to raise the dead, to lay hands on the sick. You be faithful with this basic stuff and God will up the ante. That's how Julie and I got in the ministry. At the start of our life in doing church in the mid-80s, we realized that we were people, I'm nearly done, we were people that honored God and feared God. And that helped us bring our life in a lot. We cleaned up our life a lot because we realized now that we were representatives of the king. Everything we did and said and were was viewed by society for good or bad in the workplace and otherwise. And so we started to live this extraordinary life of a holy life, consecrated to God. We ditched everything, listening to this music, this, that, this, everything that was viewed by the world as a compromise, we ditched it. And then we offered our life, and especially Julie with her singing, out of show business, now in the church, just gave it to Jesus, gave her giftedness to to God. And in that, we started to be groomed and to be tested in the simple things of serving God. Julie could have said, I I, I used to, I was up for a Mo Award. I used to sing in five-star hotels, the Sheridan, Singapore, other, other." but she didn't. She humbly served with the most just ordinary musicians, not like the extraordinary musicians we've got here. Fantastic. You guys, God is up to something big. He doesn't give us musicians like this for just a few people. We're we're gonna do some rocking. We're gonna rock the coast for Jesus. If that sounds too big, I'm sorry, but it represents a vision where it's gonna rock a thousand people. Boom, 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 two thousand. Five. We got some big vision here happening, guys. We 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 don't only really talk about faithfulness, but we talk about fruitfulness. And I just need to nail that very quickly. Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Okay, here it is, and this will be my last point. John 15, verse 8, This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. What are disciples? Disciples are people that draw close to the ministry of the church, to the leadership, to each other, and they they learn from each other. They're supported by each other. They're encouraged by each other. Discipleship is probably the number one factor that will keep you strong in the life of the church. If you live solo, disenfranchised, if you live separate from that community, which a lot of Australia was living until the crisis, to we went, solidarity. Mr. Kevin Rudd's favorite saying, solidarity. Once we get what happened in this nation, the solidarity, once we get that in the church, wow, unity. And then people are going to say, where's the vision? What are we serving? That's what men ultimately... You're wondering why men are not in the church? The vision is not clear. Because men, men won't come to spiritual, you know, fluffy. Oh, yeah, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> Gee, my mates are going to be real happy with me when they see me doing these ones. My mates are going to be real happy with me. Yeah, I'm going to just, you know. I remember when we went to Liverpool Park where you sang for the first time, Julie, in 85. And I'm a bit of a bloke, to be honest. You might think so, but I do have enjoy my lattes of late, but... Um, <laughs> But I was in that park with my young daughter, Jillie. She's only just a little bub, month, two months old. And now all the hands go up in this Pentecostal gathering out in Memorial Park, Liverpool. And I went, my God, not here. In the building was all right. But not hands lifted here. They're not, they're not, they're not, Lord, are you, are you wanting me to lift hands now? And I just had this little crisis, uh, mini crisis. But all of a sudden, I will. I, and I more focused on God. I will. Oh, I, I can. And What do you think, precious little Julie, two months old, looks up? Go on, Dad, get him. <laughs> my hands went up, and I just thought, wow, yeah, okay. And then the power that you mentioned, the power came on me because I was bold. I'd stepped out, out of the boat, onto the water. I volunteered my hands in the day of power. I was looking at my hands. I'm looking at the pub across the road, hoping no one's there that I know. I'm looking at the surrounding crowd, a couple of hundred people that had gathered in this outreach uh, service from the stage. And I'm looking at my hands and I'm saying, I love it. I, I love God. I worship God. Yeah, I'm volunteering my praise to God in the day of power. I'm volunteering my time, my talent." My treasure, in the day of power, I don't know about you, but I feel power in this church. I feel power. I don't know what else to. What God? What well, can He do to you, people? If you can't reciprocate, respond, and subscribe and volunteer your talent, your hands, your smile. On the web page, there will be a volunteer section. Go there, punch that, punch that. Punch that and let us see this church be more than just one eye standing on 11 acres of Tugra. Oh, I went to that church. I couldn't get a word out of it. Just one guy standing at the door with one eye. It was a weird place, weird. <laughs> Nobody said hi to me. I wanted a coffee. There was no one serving. But the reality is we've got an extraordinary church where even we want to up the ante and believe because we're growing. And can I be honest with you? We're not able to maintain the workload of 300 people that now are part of this church. We can't maintain the workload. We need more people in the office. We need more people in the kitchen. We need more people. If you can play bass, we've just had a good young son needing to have a rest. Thank you, Leone, for your boy who's just done his dash. He just needs to have a rest. I need a bass player right now, sir. If you can play bass, God bless you. That's a prophetic word. You might want to start learning bass. Tim, if you know, you're doing too much. Brett, I see you playing bass. Let's all stand. God bless you. Father, there's people who would laugh at the suggestion of what they can do for church. There are people that laugh With hilarity. jocularity, I think. But every Christian has a ministry, a purpose. He or she has been given in this life. Just close your eyes for a moment. We're done. The Scriptures state that before the foundation of the world, God knew you, called you for a purpose, a time such as this. Many are called, but few are chosen, or go beyond calling to commissioning, Matthew Twenty-two, verse 14 Most people today are like the Israelites who were called to go to the promised land but spent their lives wandering in circles in the wilderness Folks, we've got to change this trend. We need vision and vision will change that. God does not want you frustrated but blessed with purpose and passion knowing we are accomplishing all that he has put us on this earth to do. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. You did not choose me but I chose you, the Bible says, and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will last. Then the Father, then the Father, then the Father God will give you whatever you ask in my name. A blessed life Fulfilling God's purposes through a vision of a church, an army, a people, a team, a fellowship of believers. Father, we stand here representing such a fantastic day in the life of our church. Lord, I'm calling out for people that might know you. If you've been in the house,